FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 241 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host. Snicked. Yep. Ah, ah, all over, in stereo, everywhere. <laughs> I, of course, am your host, Jason Venable, and I'm joined once again for our special resurrection episodes by Georgie V. And from the Intercomics podcast, Mr. Dan Cole. And on the gym bay this morning, we have Oliver. <laughs> so I do want to apologize. Um, you know, we had to had to drag Georgie out of bed, meet a little early, but also um, I have a, a one and a few months old who's refusing to take his nap, and there will probably be some uh, background noise on this episode. So I apologize to both my cohorts and my listeners for that regard. But you know what? It's just it's just more more podcasts for your free money. <laughs> mm. Y'all need to suck it up. <laughs> right? Buttercups. <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, this is going to be Resurrection Week 11. Yeah, we've been going strong. And so um, I have a few books to talk about. We have the, the WMD, the X-Men Gold, number six, and the Iceman, part two. And so, um... Yeah, how you guys doing? You guys ready to talk about some comics? Oh, already. All right. Cool. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, mum, mum, mum. That's me, yeah. by the way. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> mutants or mutants and weapons? No, weapons of mutant destruction. Alpha number one is uh, written by Greg Pak. With art by Mahmoud Azrar, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and the cover is by Scan? 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 I don't know. Um, anyway, we're continu- We're starting our new Weapon X crossover, which... So we had a couple of, like, prelude issues, but they didn't feel like prelude issues. I feel like this is, like, part four of the story, but whatever. <laughs> They're calling it part one. Um... <laughs> It definitely does. Yeah. There's no, like, break or no, like, ramping it up. It's just a solid continuation. But um, what do you guys think about this cover? Uh, Georgie had actually tweeted me this cover, like, months ago. I think when the original kind of hoo-ha came out. Um, And basically, it's a uh, a fuzzy, cloudy room, a dank laboratory. We have a big giant test tube that says Batch H with a little barcode. And inside is a Hulk with Wolverine claws, which I, got, I won't lie, like a, a hybrid Hulk-Wolverine with, you know, Hulk's mass and strength and probably caveman intellect with uh, Wolverine's claws is pretty pretty terrifying. But, um, yeah. What do you guys think sure. of this cover? I hate the font. Let us militarize, Dan. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I hate it. 
I just hate it so much. And, and the yellow of it even it makes me want to fucking burn the... Apologies for swearing. Oh, you're fine. That's the um, first thing that you took out of this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I really, I really, I really, image, image-wise, I really like the way it looks. It kind of bizarrely reminds me of Alien Resurrection, which not in a bad way, just in sort of like the aesthetic of it. And I kind of like the idea that um, it's the tease of, you know, this thing will smash out of this tube. It's already cracked some of the glass, it would seem. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the final issue where he bursts out and is killed and dispatched within four panels. But um, <laughs> I, don't know. I, do think it's quite nice, I do think it's quite a nice little moment. Yeah. But I hate, I hate, I hate the font so much. <laughs> That's interesting. Because I, I was, you know, Dan could definitely be right. You, you've been right more often than me in the past. But um, I was kind of thinking this might be like, a character that sticks around for a little while, like a Hulk, Hulk Wolverine character who, who starts off kind of like Bizarro and then kind of endears himself to the team. I don't know. And we'll see. Um, well, te- technically, he is emerging of legacies, and if they are truly pushing, ground-breaking, industry-changing things, a book with a Wolverine-Hulk hybrid would not be groundbreaking, but would maybe sell something. <laughs> so. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite part is the sci- how calm the scientists are. So either they haven't noticed the cracking of the glass yet, or they're just like, eh. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're just, they're looking at the little little clipboards. You think they'd have uh, tablets by now? But anyway, all right. So Georgie, what happens in this book? Stuff happens, man. <laughs> and you know what? I'm in the book. Did you see that? You are. I'm I'm the guard, man. Oh, okay, awesome. Is are you from Serenity Hills, Texas, thirty miles sure. west of Odessa? <laughs> I'm also African American now, but oh, oh wow, we're going straight like '90s Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I never I never expected to see Georgie Georgie with an I. That was a surprise. Yeah. Oh, that's right. See, in 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 a Georgie is um a girl's name, right? So I see it. Well, I follow a a plus size model on Twitter whose name is Georgie. So I I gotcha. <laughs> hey, anyway, like, oh, so is... I've seen it before, quite a few times. So it doesn't doesn't register. I'm Girl, happy that I found someone that represents. Not a big deal to me, Dan. That's okay. I'm glad that you found someone that represents you within a comic book. <laughs> I'm I'm in Spider Gwen. I'm in her phone. Um, in like issue three of Spider Gwen. That's why. That's because yeah, it says Dan the Wham Cole, literally. Really? In, yeah, that's where the Wham comes from. Oh. From that lit panel. Wow. It's a, a birth in the Marvel universe, or some part of the Marvel universe. Yeah, you exist. <laughs> Maybe I'm delivering pizza. Yeah. Where's Jason then? Uh, uh, oh, I was in something. I don't remember. Not too long ago. I'm also Star Lord's dad. So. All right. <laughs> All right. Win. You gotta win. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Georgie is. Uh, are you? You're getting some pizza. You're gonna take it inside. And what do you do with the pizza once you get it inside? So I think Georgie. Georgie's actually the the guard standing outside, oh, okay. but uh, 
pizza guy Benny is he's delivering pizza to what is this Department H now? And yeah. he's going through the different levels and everyone's commenting about how good slash bad the pizza is and how they're always hungry and wanting pizza. And uh, the more levels he goes down, the more bad stuff sort of happens behind his back. Right. Right. And you could argue the more that Azra's art kind of like falls apart, but... <laughs> <laughs> I also got a very like get smart vibe from this. Like I wanted a door to like close on his nose at the end. Oh, right. I, just, I kept, when he was whistling, I was like, da 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 Yeah, like, I don't know. It just felt like all these doors opening and closing, but, um. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But the pizza finally gets down to Dr. Jessica Alba, who's, who really loves JoJo's pizza. Oh, man, she looks messed up in a couple of these panels. Yeah. I generally thought she was called Jessica Alba. <laughs> I was like, that is it that <laughs> Yeah, like I'm a mass fan of um, Azra, and I, I met him at uh, um, a convention, um, which is a big uh, convention in UK. And he's really nice, and he, he did me a Game of Thrones with Daenerys. Like he had a like signed it and he did um, a little sketches for me and that is just like he was just churning out um were phenomenal so it, sometimes because he's been drawing um totally awesome hulk for the last couple of issues right before this event and and it's totally awesome hulk is really beautiful yeah and it's kind of like was he just asked like 10 minutes before lunchtime <laughs> to chew out some of this panels? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It just doesn't seem like his work, if that makes sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It seems off. I don't know if it's... Does he usually... Let's see. In this one, he is... So he's inking himself. Does he usually ink himself? He was doing in um, uh, all new, all different um, Avengers, and I think he did a few. Um, he was doing it in uh, To the Awesome Hulk, but this just seems like an off day, or the he, maybe he wasn't supposed to draw chapter one, and he is yeah. now. And it just feels a bit. It just doesn't seem like it is his work. Like this face of this Jessica Alba wannabe <laughs> just doesn't look like his work. Like right. some of the faces of uh, going down the levels, a bit are just a bit off. Yeah, it's, it just seems a bit weird. I do love the bubbly arm of bubbly arm Claude Wolverine Hulk. Which is gonna get sliced and diced by lizard? I don't even know what they are. Scalpels. Swords, guns, Scalpels. rifles, yeah. <laughs> rifles with bayonets on. <laughs> it does look like that, doesn't it? Yeah. He's very happy there. Right. All right. All right. Then we switch scenes to Central Park. And our uh, X-Men are hanging out. Kitty's underneath. Old Man Logan is calling in the bad news. And, uh, oh, we an appearance by Nature Girl. Aren't you excited? Yeah, with with both horns. Does she always have both horns? I don't care. <laughs> um, okay. uh, but Col- Colossus, is, has he put on weight then? Yes. Are we officially mm-hmm. saying that he's put on weight? Yeah, he's uh, letting yeah, himself go. Little... Yeah. That's fair. It's just, it's, this is the second artist, which like sort of 
thunderfied belly <laughs> pork belly tea. So maybe it's like a new thing where it's like make him look fat. <laughs> the same edict that said make Logan look like a monkey is like right, make right. make Peter look like a fatty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and have nature girl in at least one panel. Right. Oh right. no. Just to prove you can draw antlers. It's just a little art test. <laughs> and what is up with Nightcrawler's tail there? It it's, is super long. Yeah. Just balancing him because he's kind of leaning to one side. So he needs he needs some counterbalance. It's a right. counterweight these days. <laughs> That's funny. At least he doesn't have dinosaur legs this time. No, nope, no, not in this one. <laughs> well, we've we've yet to see that again. Um, <laughs> and what and what is wrong with Kay? Why is she so upset that she needs to throttle herself? Because that is a tight grip she has on her. Um, yeah. Well, I suppose she is watching the Terminator. Now they've got Zon masks, Zon teeth. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd be a bit upset if they were. Being, I was being told that they have been designed to kill me. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's telephone. <laughs> well, she's kind of looks like she's almost biting her lip. Maybe she's got like a, uh, what do you call that when you like choke yourself out while you pleasure yourself? <laughs> I know it's fixation. Maybe because land can't do the biting lips. This right. is where we're getting it from. <laughs> the Marvel X office got to notice that they were under quota. So he's yeah. Like, All right. And then I love the fact that she's um, using her pair uh, laptop. Yeah. To oh, power right. this like, holographic display. I wish my laptop could do such a thing. Oh, um, a pair. I must admit, I do kind of like this back and forth between Kitty and uh, Logan. Mm. While he's like on the. I thought it was quite nice. Yeah. And Logan doesn't look like a monkey, so that no, helps. No, no, he looks good. Only on his first panel, kind of, I think. He was the only one he was allowed to draw normally, and then. <laughs> but this is, but this is where the book starts looking like as was normal work. Or yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, because like that um, panel above uh, Logan of Kitty's face is pretty sweet, and I do like the way he's drawn both um, Lady D, which I think is a great uh, shortening of her name, and um, Sabretooth. And right, I need to ask people. Do people care or need constant reminder, reminders of people's names slash powers slash code names slash everything they can do? And it, and within this reminding, do we need a reminder that they've got superhuman sight and smell? And when they say smell, do they mean like the sense of smell or are they actually superhuman <laughs> stinky? Because it's not quite... It's not quite um... I got superhuman bio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because I think it's, sometimes it's kind of cute, I find, like, because... You know, I don't know when this phenomenon happened. Um, well, I think Daniel, it was there for a while, and then it went away, and then it's coming back again, it looks yeah, like. like right. It's kind of cute, but then I think there's... Because, you know, we've joked about um, his Wikipedia obsession. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's just, like, trying to condense as much of the Wikipedia page as he can. Because <laughs> right. I just... For like cyborg limbs. I do. I do love it though. So at the end of this, which I, I, this is one of my least favorite comic book tropes. Is the I'm going to try to kill you to train you. It really, yeah. really bothers me. But um, at the end of this, they're talking about Sabretooth complaining about why they're still teaming up with with the uh, morally wussy, totally awesome Hulk, and uh, 
Old Man Logan's like, well, he's a super genius. Are you a super genius? And then we get the power descriptions above everybody's head that says, oh, yeah. not a super genius. That was my favorite part of the book. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sweet. To be honest, I quite liked, I actually quite liked the visual um, representation of Domino's powers, how ridiculous she is when she fires off um, the knife to yeah. him directly into the... Because uh, it's always, I always find it really difficult to understand how that works <laughs> right but i think i think this uh, weapon x has done a nice she's only been in it a little while but i think they've done a nice job sort of presenting her power yeah her look, look powers and usually it's like she's just immortal she just can't die in a fight <laughs> Sometimes she's, you know what i mean it's like yeah. simplistic and I, I quite like the fact that it's just like she's holding a cup of coffee firing and firing a gun in the other yeah I was gonna she just dies with that coffee and Next panel over, she's just drinking the coffee. Like she doesn't, she doesn't yeah. drop any of it. It doesn't spill because she's lucky. And yeah, I, I do. I do like the is he talking smack about us? Because um, <laughs> 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 kind of like, um, but that's what I've always liked about this weapon X book is I quite like the interplay that Pax got with the characters. Right. Yeah. So I think he's really like hammering. He's basically this book. Yes. Obviously. Um, this and, is, and this is an X Men this is like book. How, this is the X book. This is like how X Men would interact, <laughs> kind of book. Right. What what in gold? Right. It's just unfortunately all the tough guy characters. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes there's a lot of uh, a lot of Bruce Willis dialogue, and <laughs> but um, but that's all right. <laughs> it, it fits most of them. So. I kind of wish Amadeus was in this team forever. Yeah, me too. A, yeah. yeah. I, I'm okay with that. Mr. Pock, if you hear us. We, uh, so after they get done training, they go down to see the totally awesome Hulk, who looks pretty awesome uh, yeah. in his first panel here. Where he's holding up the big uh, cylinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's regrown some skin on their little cyborg, and they're trying to kind of trace out who he was. He was David Jefferson Andrews. A cool guy in a tank top. <laughs> Bless him. Yeah. And so they decide that's a good lead, and uh, they decide they're going to split up into some different teams for different tasks. Um, how does that How does that work, Georgie? Well, there's another nice little bit where Logan's, you know, putting the different members into some tag teams, sort of. And, you know, uh, what, what do you call her? Something D? Lady D? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, I don't need you to go with the Hulk in case you need to kill somebody. And I, Hulk, I need you to go with Lady D in case we need not to kill somebody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and War Pass, like, I, I, I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. That's not the nice little, like, okay, this guy knows his, his Xbox. This is just a... It felt like it felt like home. Yeah, it felt like Reed Man. Yeah, it did. I don't know if Logan would say just trying to keep the wheels on the bus, but <laughs> like Arnold Schwarzenegger might say that. Just he's trying to keep now. the wheels on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Domino and Sabretooth go to Oklahoma. What's in Oklahoma? Cats. And yeah. money. Terminator <laughs> cats. <Essentially. laughs> 
My favorite, my favorite part of the book actually is right. just Domino trying to keep money alive. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, they're they're hunting down uh, something very specific. Is it the green goo they're going for? Um, yeah, they're going for the green goo, and um, Amadeus and Deathstrike are going to see the family of the guy that's headed to a cyborg. Right, and then they're like. Save dudes are like, oh, cats just like me, and tries to have a conversation, but it's basically a murder cat bot <laughs> thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, they come terrifyingly out of the woodwork. And essentially, that's what I think cats are normally, anyways. Right, so, yeah, this, this um, drives with me. Like, and as everyone's slaughtering <laughs> robot cats, Domino's just sneaking around in the background, picking all the money up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the money. <laughs> I love trying a hunt underneath Crowdstar to... <laughs> just to grab some money. Yeah. <laughs> and then boom, no more money. And she's very un- upset. You're enjoying I, I think in that I think panel. One, in, one, oh, go ahead. I think when she blows one up, I think she literally blows them all up by accident by getting very upset. Bless her little face. Well, all right, have, yeah, she does. Yeah, and they have self-destruct sequences. So once they're about to die, they all blow up. Um, yeah, is it me going back, Georgie? You're talking about her reaching under Warpath. Does it look like he's pooping out money? Uh, yeah, there does look like there's one one that's pooping out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a heck of a mutant power. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, all the there's one stray cat left that that growls and follows him along. But, um, then we go to Ohio, the state for lovers, where uh. Oh man, Youngstown! Wow. Yeah. I uh, I I grew up in Ohio, so oh, okay. This is that surprise, yeah. Nice. Does that look like Youngstown? I have no idea what Youngstown looks oh, like. Okay. <laughs> is it boarded up? <laughs> I, it's it's like a regular suburb. It shouldn't look this run down. I wouldn't think. Right. Right. So they go to the apartment. They find. Is that the mom they're looking for? Yeah, and Amadeus has grown some facial hair, which I found quite astonishing within the, the amount of panels. Well, this is uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a hologram. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I yeah. don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I do the fact that love the fact that he, uh, um, friends like you, that's racial, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. She's getting all racial on us, and then he just squirts her in the face with something. Right. I was right. like, good, good for you. I love his line where he says, kind of sensed you maybe getting all death strikey, so I went for temporarily unconscious strikey instead. And that was really funny. <laughs> Bless him. Yep. So then they go to an apartment with a bunch of picture frames with no pictures in it. Which I thought was weird. Not even like oh, little yeah. scraggly, like, we're just going to pretend there's a picture here. They all look this, They all look like there's no back to them. Like, it's just a frame on a wall. It's really weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> They find out the kid was involved in a some kind of cult, right? And so, you remember our reveal from the last issue of who our bad guy is, so we know that's going to tie in to this cult aspect. Um, the last thing they the guy did on his phone was try to get some weed. And then there's some weird like videos that the mom saved of her doing something to the poor kid's cat. So that was weird. 
I guess just to make you not feel bad that they knocked the mom out. Let her know she's a terrible person. <laughs> that was a bit out of place. Yeah. But I think it was trying to sort of show that this is a good person as well. Right. Like, just, like, it would upset <laughs> someone normally. I don't know. It was just yeah, a, it's real, a good way like, to self-choice. really showcase how like young inexperienced and like i don't want to say naive but still like how, how you know he has a good heart compared to most of the other members of his team who are ready to gut someone if you know at the drop of a hat right oh yeah yeah because amadeus gets all choked up about it definitely definitely kind yeah. of humanizes the character ladies like pussy <laughs> <laughs> i mean you mean on the video the, the cat that they killed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes yes <laughs> <laughs> I do like the dialogue that um, Deathstroke, Deathstrike has towards him after that. Yes. Where he, with the, yeah. like, with yeah. his, um, the way that Azraz ended him there. Quite nice yeah. character beats. It's almost as if it's like a good comic book. <laughs> like a whole different artist took over. Yeah, it does look very different, especially when you get to the next scene. Um, where when we're back Stryker in Texas, like a weird uh, blue statue. Uh, it does look like a weird statue, which you know, if if a character is going to have a statue of themselves, he just might. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're back at the compound in Texas because, unfortunately, that's where everyone wants to put their compounds. Um, Go to somebody else's state, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, they show him just emotionally manipulating one of his soldiers to go be prepared. He and Do- Jessica Alba have an argument over their methods. You know, he wants to still recruit people. She just wants to kidnap people. And, um, yeah. My favorite part, though, is so he walks off. She's like, yeah, you're the boss. I'll do what you say. And then go in, and this guy's down to his skivvies, ready to become one of the test subjects. And he says, very reluctantly, uh, I'm ready, Will. Will you pray with me? And she just, like, tases him. <laughs> Harsh, but fair. Yeah. yeah, but then, you know what? It was really weird. She is drawn all crazy looking again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, kind of, I kind of got from this scene that... Um, she underestimates his mental, crazy sort of righteousness. Right. And at the same time, she, she's willing to just to do what she wants. So confused because the colours of his robe reminded me of your southern state flag. Um, oh. You know, before you. Yeah, a little you know, bit. Civil, your, civil, your civil war. Yeah. So I was like, it, when I looked at it first off, yeah, the Confederate flag, that's the one I was thinking of. Sorry. Sorry oh, for fine. not remembering that. No. Um, and so I was like, is he literally wearing <laughs> that flag? <laughs> it's like a trope. <laughs> oh, oh, um, I feel like that's a conscious decision on the Possibly. team's behalf yeah. to color him that. Yeah. Really look like the flag, the Texas flag? No, 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 no. no. Georgie looks kind of similar flag. to the oh, Confederate okay. flag. Confederate flag. Yeah. So I, I was kind of like, ah, well, there you go. <laughs> it says a lot about him if he wears if he wears such things. But then it says a lot about him when he's all like, we need them to basically call me 
dad and and I put them in a giant gesture. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, so we got well, that's what he's doing. Rose. He's getting more... all right, dad. And like, you're my son now. Join yeah. our crazy mental faith that has no real <laughs> cult. Yeah. We just hate mutants. <laughs> 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 we, we dress it up as faith because that's what we do. Right, right, right. Um, and, and now go have a bath and you'll end up being a weapon mm. of mutant destruction. But um, Tish. See, it sells itself, actually. If someone came to me wearing that costume, said, I'll be your dad and you'll be a weapon of mutant destruction, I'd probably be like, pass. But <laughs> I may, 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 may say yes if I was a little inebriated. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, we need to get a reminder, of course, of some of Stryker's history. If you forget from the old um, old stories of Stryker that, you know, he had a son that was a mutant and went off his rocker, thought that, you know, somehow Satan stole his baby and gave him a mutant baby, and it's, he's, he's nuts. But we get, re- you know, some nice reminder of that before we see our giant room full of giant test tubes, mostly of failures, right? But they're still trying to crack that code and make the yeah. perfect weapon. Good old weapon. Yep. And it looks like... Looks like the main difference between the preludes and the the main story is the the cover art. <laughs> it's like they're all going to be kind of this this style of cover going forward. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. So what y'all think of the art overall? I know we talked about it's not Azrar's best. Y'all mentioned you know some recent great art he's done. I also remember he was just phenomenal when he was doing Wolverine and the X Men several years ago. Um, but this has definitely seemed, I feel like it got a little better as the book went, or maybe just went up and down. I feel like it's very inconsistent. Yeah, I feel like the, the first little bit is kind of rough, and then in the middle, where, when the X-Team's, uh, X-team is there, it's it's nice again, and then at the end, they're back in the lab, and it gets kind of wonky. I right. don't know what, uh, maybe this, this, this other piece of the story was sort of added on, uh, halfway through so we had less time to really work on it i don't know you think it's intentional in any way that like he's just trying to make his bad guys look as ugly as possible no because <laughs> look ugly that looks like well done ugly this looks like right poorly drawn ugly okay fair enough yeah i agree with you both it's just a little inconsistent to what he's normally is right but it didn't like take me out of the story so, all right. No, it's always a good thing. So we've been pretty, we've been pretty high on this story overall, and we still feel that way for this chapter. Do you know what? I think the thing that sells it the most is, to be absolutely honest, that the the narrative itself of there are mutant, there's hunting machines that are now half built from the mutants that hunt them doesn't really like any sort of interest essentially mm-hmm. the idea of a hulk wolverine mashup is a what if for the ages <laughs> you know like yeah. but it kind of it's kind of like a i don't it's it's like making a venom spider gwen or, <laughs> right. or whatever you right. know uh, it's, okay fair enough 
But what sells the story and has sold Weapon X as a comic book is that Pack has done the one thing that nearly all of the other X books have struggled, blew less than the rest. He's made them a family mm-hmm. and really sold the team dynamic mm-hmm. and made you care about them. Maybe not the story, but at least the characters and the scrapes they're going to get into. The fact that we have basically a hired mercenary just running around stealing money while everyone else is fighting <laughs> robot cats in a really overtly serious manner. It just kind of is a testament to the whole book. The book has been kind of like tongue-in-cheek for, uh, for, for its entire run. And I think that's how it's worked. It's like, look at these badasses. These are the badass badasses of all X-Men. Right. But whilst you're going to kind of take take the mick out of them, take the piss out of it all as well. <laughs> and I, I think that really helps. And I think Amadeus really is such a great addition to the cast. I'm going to miss that it's him. It's going to be yeah. really bizarre to have him not there. Yeah, I agree. But, um, I, I'm invested. I've been invested since issue one. So, yeah. which is weird. It's, it's a weird <laughs> feeling. Um, well, but, I agree. The story bits that have the the Weapon X team are really enjoyable, um, and that's why I'm reading this book. I felt like it was a, a little bit of a step down from the previous entries in, in the in the storyline, but uh, it's not bad at all. Uh, as we mentioned, the art's kind of iffy in places, but I, I was engaged throughout all of it, and uh, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm ready to keep reading. Cool. Well, let's start with you, Georgie. What do you want to grade WMD Alpha Number One Weapons of Mutant Destruction? My goodness, that's a mouthful. <laughs> is that its actual title? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, it is. But there's no others in the series. It's just this one, right? I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so it just ends. That's it. <laughs> it's, the, it's the number number one. Right. Um, yeah, I, I I think I'm going to give this one a four, but like a solid, solid, enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's. I, I think of the previous uh, entry a five. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. a high five. Yeah, it, but it's it's a solid four that I enjoyed and um, looking forward to the, the uh, artist and team back on this. Right. Yep. Fair enough. I'm right there with you. Also, um, you know, Dan said the art, or both of you guys kind of alluded that the art was inconsistent and didn't really take you out. Uh, there were a couple of times where it was a little distracting for me. So. I'm not going to go as high as we have been on this. Well, it's not really this book. This is a book unto itself, I guess. But this story so far, but I'm, I'm not going to penalize it too much either. Um, didn't really enjoy it. I'll still give it a four out of six claws. What about you, Dan? Um, it's free for free because um, I'll be giving it a four out of six as well. I, it's as high as, like George said, it's not as high as some of the other um, installments. Um and it is what it is, enjoyable, but kind of like, it's kind of like that moment where you have to kind of get past the first hurdle to enjoy <laughs> the rest of the race. Right. Um, so that's the feeling I got from it. But I enjoyed it, but it's not going to, it didn't blow me away. But four is still very good out yes. of a score of six. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, very well, very solid. So, cool. Let's move on to X-Men Gold, which of course stars Old Man Logan as well. This is Techno Superior, oomsh, 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 part three, 
written by. <laughs> I just. Uh. I, I can't help myself. Um, <laughs> written by Martin Guggenheim, penciled by R.B. Silva. If I remembered any of the R.B.'s um, taglines, I'd put one there, but I don't remember any of them. Um, we have meat. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we got the meat. <laughs> Uh, Inked by Adriano Di Benedetto, colors by Frank Martin and Andrew Crossley, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Um, the cover is by Artie and Seoff, still with a J. Listen and Frank Martin. Um, I guess, I guess Seoff's not in as much trouble <laughs> as they wanted to pretend because, or he just already had all these churned out. But, um, anyways, cover's not bad. Um, it's kind of a play on the old, like, evolutionary man, you know, the little, little, I guess, growth chart that you always see, like, museums and stuff. And you have, like, a giant old-school sentinel, which I think is the best rendering on the cover. And then you kind of scale down to Nimrod and Bastion, and then now our new character, who is stepping on Kitty's boobs. Yeah. I like it. I like it, because it... And I, f- I didn't realize that it echoes normal technology where everything keeps getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Um, and also, I didn't know it gave away the plot. Me and X Machina. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't know it. I actually didn't see that when I first <laughs> looked at it. I was like, I like the cover. I didn't know it. I like, literally gave away the ending. That's but, funny. Um, yes, it does. No, it's a pretty good cover. I like the the stark white background. I think if anything, I don't know. I mean, it probably would have been dumb. I was gonna say they maybe could have done like the little height charts like they do on the, the evolutionary man, but that maybe could have been too distracting. So maybe they went good with with solid white. You know, we've complained about the little triangles in the corners before. I think this one's really egregious because I'd really like to see the rest of that leg. But yeah. I, yeah, I will still. I will constantly complain about these stupid triangles in the corners <laughs> of the bottoms. So. Yeah. All right. Well, remember we have our gambit tried to steal uh, some nanotech stuff, and it it got a hold of a computer and made an AI nanotech sentinel that's hell bent on destroying everybody. That's where we pick up. Uh, where do we go from there, Dan? Well, we have. And, you know, I've complained that she's an afterthought, but we have Rachel actually having a storyline, um, which is quite remarkable. Who was um, Franklin so, in this first panel? Franklin Richards, the grown-up version okay, from... Okay, that's what I wanted to make yeah. sure of. Okay. So, yeah, so she's um, there with good old Franklin in right. the mutant prison camps. Right. This is from the Not original the days. days of Future Past storyline. Right. Yes, the original. It's kind of amazing that they, these two mutants would be able to be captured. Story demands it, therefore they're caught. <laughs> um, and then we get um, Cecilia Reyes um, waking, um, you know, sad, sat by her bedside with Nightcrawler. Cecilia um, doing the quote of the most speech that any African American woman can have in this comic. Um, uh, well, she's more Latin, right? Paul Stomp, does, yeah. Storm, does Storm speak? Mm. I don't think so. <laughs> um, I'm waiting for it to speak but um, yes and so while they're just like nursing good old um, Rachel back to health uh, Kitty and a whole host of superheroes not just the X-Men are having 
a wonderful time fighting some drones and explosions in a what can only be described as a ridiculous ridiculous fight scene which sees our faithful leader alter her density i forgot that she can alter her density like ultimate kitty pride now so she can be like as hard as diamond or whatever hence why she can crash into the ground like the hulk um with a massive gun which she obviously borrowed from cable and it's just a massive fight scene and then we we have a glimpse of our is he like what's this dude called punisher but against mutants dude um the executioner but yes we have all of this and then while this is happening good old rachel's having a psychic nervous breakdown and seeing visit visit um images of uh past or family members and friends and we've got her mum essentially saying that she can do shit she's afraid of her potential mm-hmm. um the heroes are sort of losing until the who's come kill you then faints. that's what happens um and then she's talking and then oh wait storm does talk yeah she does speak and she kisses Gambit for yeah. some reason. <laughs> That's why. It makes to, no yeah. sense. To it remind herself like, hey. of something, she says. I don't know what she's reminding herself of. but He gets rewarded for starting this the whole mess. Yeah. Like, good job. <laughs> Have a kiss. <laughs> I forgive you. And then you. you're like, yeah, why aren't you back in Wakanda being like the queen or something? <laughs> like, have a decent relationship. Then, um... Good old Rachel stood in front of her mum's grave this time, talking to her dad, who you know he doesn't really, she doesn't want to be her dad because her dad just tried to save uh, the human race by destroying a cloud. Um, <laughs> but, apparently, but apparently, that's as bad as Hitler, according to Marvel. Um, and then Pixie can't fight because she has Pixie wings, and they're robots, so she is literally useless. So Gambit comes in and helps. But it's just too much. Even Kitty gets thrown to the floor, and oh my lord, poor Colossus gets his arms flailed off. Yeah. How is that, how is that, he hasn't got a healing factor? Well, I'm not told that he has a healing factor. Right. I'll check Wikipedia later. <laughs> so, and then Old Man Logan's the last one standing, as the robots kind of like, "What are you going to do?" Because he's practically killed everyone. And essentially, we you know we keep moving forward, and we're getting to the point where Rachel's figuring out what's happening, and she's just going to have to use her psychic powers because her psychic powers work against the robots. And literally, as the comic book says, mutant ex machina, everything is destroyed. Everyone celebrates. Somehow, Pete's live with arms, just a bit of blood, and um, Rachel now has people in her eyes. <laughs> and yeah. and and we end with a little sentinel robot rapping underneath. I thought that was Molly Hayes, honest from the Runaways, um, the final girl holding the, the little teddy, mm. just because of the way she's drawn. Right. I thought she was Molly from Runaways, but I doubt it. Um, and there's a little creepy sentinel robot just looking out at the destruction it caused, probably chuckling to itself. Yeah. The end. In the end. Right. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you something. I didn't want to stop you. Uh, now I forgot what it was. Um, 
don't remember. Anyway, so, all right, who wants to take a gander at what did Rachel see? They, like, changed her mind, pushed her over the edge. And just says, the purest expression of your power. The Phoenix Force? Maybe. You think so? Okay. No, because they, they kind of mentioned it earlier. Like, it's not the Phoenix Force yeah. that is making her afraid. Well, that's the Hound. That's her as the Hound. Um, the the picture is when she was the Hound of... Is it Mojo or Sinister or whoever it was? Um, who would hunt down other mutants. Well, later it becomes um, that Nemo guy. But that's a retcon, I think. Um... Yeah, so, so is that what it is? Just the ability to to hunt down all of mutants everywhere? So since this is a mutated AI, she's able to hunt down all women, destroy them, and that's why she has eyes, or people in her eyes, because she knows where everybody is now? Are those all mutants in her eyes? No, they're not. I mean, Spider-Man's there. Yeah, and Devil Dinosaur's in there. America. Oh, and Dan, our favorite, that guy from Generation X who has that curl, is there. Really? Oh, yeah. He is Why? Because yeah. he's important. Why is he there? <laughs> he's the hottest new character in all of Mutantdom. He's <laughs> so bland. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, when she was in this when she was in this costume in Excalibur, she was possessed by the Force. Yes. Um, yeah. Or she had a fragment of the Phoenix Force. And not to always bring Grey's back to the Phoenix, but it could just be the fact that she did kind of revel in that kind of power when she was in this costume. So maybe it's just the fact that when she was the hound or when she was in that costume, she had no moral code and therefore just allowed her powers to reign supreme. Like she didn't, you know, invade. This Rachel, I I presume, doesn't invade people's privacy and just hunt people down by reading everyone's mind and ripping people apart with a telekinesis and all that jazz. So maybe it's just that, the fact that she hasn't let go Essentially, okay. that makes sense. So that could be it. And so she's, and so she's let go, and therefore, she now can. And she now has TV eyes, <laughs> so Nightcrawler can no longer be bored. TV she's eyes. Like, oh. Yeah, I was gonna do it. You beat me to it, Jason. TV eyes. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's, I I accept your explanation, because I didn't really know. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's okay. I was winging, winging, winging half of that at the time. Right. <laughs> Just trying to put the put the things together. Let's be fair. It's it's Guggenheim. It probably it's probably not going to be that. It'll be something simple like, um, cause she's scared of <laughs> summer. Just because. Yeah. Because I wrote it. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Quit asking uh, me questions, you dumb kids. I think we'll find the answers in Wikipedia is what we need to do. (laughs) I'll have Greg Fogg do some research for us. (laughs) I I do love the fact, though, that this is a big thing where it's like, holy shit, like, what's going to happen to Rachel now? Are we going to find out? And then you turn the bed, just, oh, no, it looks like a secret empire (laughs) tie-in. So we'll find out what happened to Rachel in a couple of months. Sort of thing, because... Like, she looks fine on that front cover of the next issue. You she's know, the, that oh, front cover. Yeah, she's the terrible. only person that looks good. I don't know, yeah, I don't know what's sick. going on with Old Man Logan. It's almost like he's oh. got he's got a touch of life filled. Uh, that yeah. cover, man. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's we'll, think about that later. We'll have um, some fun with that next time. Um, 
Well, I for one, I know I'm kind of uh, haven't been super high on on Silva's art on this arc. I thought this issue artistically was pretty great. I don't know if you guys thought it was a step up, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I agree with you actually. I think there was some bits still here and there, and it is starting to really get hard to like sort of take it away from basically an Immerman tribute act. Right. Right. Um, it's starting to look almost not like Immerman, but it, it is so close that it's kind of uncanny <laughs> valley when reading it sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but it isn't bad. That the only problem is that he's imitating Immerman. That's the, that's the reason the art sometimes feels off to me. But the mm. actual art and the way he's telling the story visually is fine. It works. And it's better than the last issue for sure. Yes. Um, I really... I like the way the characters are drawn with like all the, the thick black outlines, like they're almost like stickers, like window stickers that I could <laughs> move around in like place in any... Like the, like there's there's a second layer that the characters are like placed on top of the backgrounds and they're just like movable like by magnets or something. Right. Yeah, I, I Maybe they that. are. Maybe he draws color the forms. First. Is that what those were called? Color forms back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I really like it. Like uh, in the when they're in the I guess hospital wing with Rachel. Like I really like his nightcrawler face there. Um, and I agree the fight's ridiculous, but I really enjoyed that uh, splash page. Other than Colossus. We still have fat Colossus. But everybody else looks great. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't understand what's happened to Colossus. <laughs> like, I don't know how he survived. His arms are literally liquefied. Yeah, I don't know if they were trying to say like the nanites were eating the metal off of him. And that's why he's just all cut up when he turns back to human form. I don't really know what happened there. Because why did he turn back to human form? And there's nothing that Rachel did that necessitated that. I do think the Rachel sequences are rendered and drawn um, much better than the actual fight. Agreed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Georgie. No, I was going to say, like, I, I enjoyed the art better this time. And I was glad to see Rachel do something, but... Overall, story-wise, like this is a a book where nothing went down. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's basically just wake up, end it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, th- obviously, this is a stepping stone to Guggenheim deciding that he's actually going to use Rachel. I nearly said prestige. Then it felt weird in my head <laughs> trying to say. No, it. he did kind um, of make fun of himself on that. I appreciated that a little bit. Because he was like, oh, this new is name, fun. new costume doesn't change anything. And I was like, yeah, you're right, it doesn't. Why, why'd you do it? <laughs> Take those things off her face. Um, right. Yeah, obviously this is, this is but this but that's the thing. It doesn't feel like the final part of this um, techno superior. It feels more like the <laughs> first part of Rachel Gray is going to go crazy. Right. Our journey. Mm. Which I don't know which one's interesting or not, to be honest. Like, I really do want a Rachel story, but the idea that it's about the opening of her powers and her dealing with her ability going to some uncharted territory is just so Jean Grey that mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, no, just no, do something else, <laughs> please. Yeah, I've uh, had enough of the Greys. Enough of Greys. <laughs> Why 
didn't she, why didn't she why isn't she like more impressed with her father and decides to become an, a, a mutant revolutionary and save people's lives like her father did why don't we just do it that way because mm. like the marvel universe doesn't feel like x cyclops was a good guy he was a bad guy then didn't you get the memo <laughs> get the memo get on page you know i yeah. did get the memo but he's that marvel wants you to say say them give it a good grade and let's move on <laughs> I just love that even in go- I, I thought you know that scene where he stood next to the father I was like they just can't let it go they can't let it go and he stood next to Scott <laughs> first thing she says like oh becoming you wouldn't wouldn't fill me then I was like oh you just can't let it go can you Marvel no. he's dead let, it, let him let him rest in peace right and yeah it also can, it kind of takes away from what they're trying to do with, with young Cyclops it's like, if you keep bringing this up I, I would think that the idea would be, okay, agree or disagree with what we did, but we did it and he's gone. So now we got new Cyclops, let's just go with that. Every time you bring and drag dead Cyclops out into the light, you're like kind of taken away from the new story you're trying to tell with young Cyclops. So I don't know. But, Agreed. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, yeah, so I, I enjoy the art a lot more. The story was kind of meh. Uh, I gave X-Men Gold number six, kind of our standard three out of six claws. What did you guys have? Um, I'm going to get, and I'm going to get two because I feel like it's really forgettable and there's nothing, it's resolved, but it's kind of like, meh, like, like, what, what was the point in the story in the first place? Generally, like Gambit, who was so first part has been relegated to absolutely nothing and just kisses storm essentially <laughs> and it's all down to having a bit of a moment with herself but the character development or insight is so slight that it's not even it's just it's it's treading water it feels like treading water artistically it's better but i, I just don't think it's worth money <laughs> um, right. people picking it up it's not horrific but it's it's nowhere near like mediocre either it's in between so two is probably the best all right fair enough what say you georgie i think i have to go with a a low low three on this one the (laughs) art's better um at least rachel got to have a few words and was used but like i said like there's nothing going on with the plot here it's just fight wake up magic ending Okay, that was a story, I guess. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know what this book is trying to do, uh, what it's trying to be, and, and what's they're trying to have take place here. It's, I think uh, it's stalling, it's stalling time, waiting for astonishing X Men to come out. <laughs> is essentially what it's doing, so that people can forget it exists and Guggenheim can do what he wants for a little bit. Maybe they so. need a new writer. I know that's a horrible thing to say, but they generally need to put someone else on it. Yeah, because. I don't know what the sales are like, but I can I can I can imagine. But then people will love this just because it. Yeah, just X Men characters they recognize yeah. in. Right. But I feel like, and it's it's hard to really scope this out because you're only you only have access to a limited number of people, right? It's not like statistically correct, but everything I've seen on the internet seems like this is the book that people are liking more than any other X book. So, Which is insane. What is people drinking, literally? <laughs> like, sorry, sorry, no, Georgie. No, no, no. It's so. My only point well, being is, if, if people are liking it, the sales of this 
probably the highest the Xbox, I would imagine. Hmm. Sickens me. Only upsets me. Um, that's why there's six. There's like that's why there's five Transformers movies. That's why that right. is. But, um, <laughs> it's the same with Generation X. Me and Georgie, reasonable human beings, wank essentially. Um, but other people are like, "Oh, it's so great!" And I'm like, "Really? What? What else? Reading? Are you just reading blank white walls all day <laughs> or something? Like, generally, what is going on?" I understand that people have different um, tastes, but if you're supposed to read loads of comics, surely you understand when one's shit right. and one's not. But oh well. Yeah, I guess we're around. just uh, we're the, we'll be the contrarian podcast, I guess. Um, Obviously, oh, we'll love but Weapon I do, X. I do, I do think that it might be it might be nostalgia for the characters that lets X Men Gold off hook. Yeah, I think so. Um, too. So, and, and while they're not that interesting, they are at least delivering on the promise of trying to be heroes more. Because so, even in this book, you have them, like, none of them speak or do anything. But there's renderings of, like, a smattering of just general Marvel heroes throughout the issue. You know, you have Daredevil, Squirrel Girl, um, Deadpool, though he's still an X-Men character, though. Marvel's there, Rogue there. Yeah, yeah. A Nova shows up in a panel. And like, they're all just right. kind of random background fighting people, but they're still there. And so I think I think you can argue about the quality of delivering on the premise, but the premise at least is true. That the X-Men are trying to be more heroic. I just wish they'd tell a little bit better story around that heroism, or heroism, or however you pronounce that. It's, yeah, yeah, agreed. It may just be the change in tone that people are just like, yeah, I just want that, and I'll trust that the stories get better. I don't know. Um, Maybe they just really like a thick Colossus. True. Maybe so. Maybe people are identifying with that. I mean, you know, I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. You think his, I just, his I like dating profiles is curvy? <laughs> yes. I thought it'd just be tinned. Tinned, right. <laughs> I have little stripes in my biceps, and now and, and now in my thighs, <laughs> my luscious luscious thighs. Um, all right, well, uh, let's move on to Iceman number two, shall we? Want to make sure we have a little bit of time left to talk about that. Um, cool. Written by Sina Grace or Sina Grace, um, penciled by Edgar Salazar and Ibrahim Roberson, inked by Ed Tadeo and Ibrahim Roberson. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, and cover is by Kevin Wada. What do we think of this cover? I feel like, I'm like the same it. As previous. This is not this is not artwork for me. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just it doesn't it's not the sensibilities that I really enjoy. Fair enough. I think Dan's about to disagree with you. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah. Well, I think that um, I I we from last is, last last issue last podcast we both um, are at the opposite ends of Wada. Whereas <laughs> I really like his work, and and you don't spit roasting him in an way, um, and I like it. Did but you it, say that? I, I I I can say that. Can I? <laughs> I said it. I said it. It's done. It's done. It's history now. Yes, sir. And I will not edit it out. <laughs> no. You said we're spit roasting water. 
Yeah, you are on opposite ends. <laughs> this is wow. It's a metaphor. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a metaphor for like going to town on this artist. I don't know what. No, it's a metaphor of being at opposite ends. Right, and, yeah. and like it's... cooking him over an open fire. I don't know what you're talking about, Georgie. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Everybody go. Uh, it's what? burning. I feel for Georgie. <laughs> Everyone go Urban Dictionary. That and you can do what you want. <laughs> um, anyway, if I John, you expect something from the other guys to seep through. Um, what? Well, anyway, in the but, comic, <laughs> I like the fact that they're actually stabbing each other in the back because it kind of like echoes what's inside the book. Right. 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 And kind of slyly smiling at each other. Yeah. So, um, I guess this book generated a lot of um, touchy feelings um, out in the interweb. People kind of unhappy about it. Um, so, we'll talk about just overall plot, and then we'll, I guess we'll get to the controversy. Basically, um, Iceman is running around having fun. Um, I really like that he says, class is dismissed. It's X-Men o'clock for me. And he goes into the Blackbird and he thinks that he's stuck with Old Man Logan, so he's going to bitch at him a little bit. But it turns out it's Kitty. And they're like, oh, awkward. So they have a nice long flight of what appears to be mostly silence. And they talk about a few things, kind of rehash some of their feelings. Basically, the basic gist is that Kitty was disappointed that, that Bobby didn't tell her about his coming out. And Iceman's like, who has time? I'm busy being Iceman. Plus, you know, I haven't told my parents. And there's young me running around with a, a killer boyfriend. Not not like a murderer. It's just like, I guess I guess he's really hot or whatever. Um, and they're hunting down a mutant. They find him. His Basically, his powers to amp up everybody's powers and or electronics. Um, the townsfolk are not too happy about it. They're going to mob, angry mob him. So Kenny and Iceman to the rescue. Doesn't quite go as they planned, but eventually they get out of it. Um, and Iceman's eventual solution is just to punch him out, right? So he can't use his powers, so they get home. Um, then he confronts the mob with a bunch of angry ice people. And yeah, then everyone goes home. And Kitty and Bobby decide they're going to be friends. She encourages them to talk to his family. And there we end. So that's kind of the... The plot stuff. I guess there were a couple of things that people got pretty upset about. Um, the first one I think is really dumb. Um, is Bobby says... Uh, Kenny, what does Kitty say here? She says... Um, no, I lost my page. He says, can you hold off the mob? And Bobby's like, ninja, please. Weird, that actually applies. And I think if you take his whole dialogue, there's no reason to get mad because if you know the characters, you know, Kitty's been a ninja, right? Before. So it's just kind of a funny appropriation of a pop culture phrase. Um, I guess some people found it to be in poor taste. Um, anybody want to comment on that? I think it's kind of silly, but. I'm still looking for that line. I, like, I, I was, I had it in my mind to pay attention when that came up, but I, I totally missed it. What page oh, is that on? It's after he knocks out the kid, and Kenny's able to unfaze, and she gives Bobby a hug, and it's that bottom panel on that page. Okay. See, I, I um, had a chat with someone, and I explained that I was from the United States, 
Kingdom, and I've only really had the expression "girl, please" as like a gay expression. Okay. If you know what I mean, I was like, um, oh, "Girl, please." I wouldn't do it. I'm not like gay, right. but American American gays would do it. If you know what I mean. Um, and I just thought it was a play on that because Cinegrace is gay, so you'd have the terminology probably locked down. And I just thought it was that. I didn't know, like. I was ignorant and oblivious to the other connotations. They could be the N word, mm-hmm. and um, so I saw it as. And she's a ninja in my head, so I saw it as he's just you know it's just a funny sort of play on that word and using the ninja because of the simple fact I didn't know it was like a term in um, African American English or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so I didn't see a problem. I get that people will be upset with it if it is, um, and if they want to, they're, you know, they have a right to be upset by it. But I, I don't think it's meant in malice. And I think no. people with the controversy, I think people have weirdly taken the idea that he's meaning in malice. And I, I, I think it's he just put it in because she's a ninja. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I don't think he means mean. It means it's not. CF. I don't think he's purposely <laughs> upsetting people. Right. You know what I mean? I think he just put it in because it's because to me it was like a gay phrase, which he turned to ninja. So yeah, I don't no, know. Maybe. I think I see it a little bit differently than you do, Dan. And I think there are a couple different angles to look at it from like an American perspective. Uh, what I had first thought about it was uh, a few years ago there was like a the skit that went viral. Then instead of saying the N-word, please, it was ninja, please. And it was all like Asian people. Oh, I didn't know that. Asian people no, can say it to no, each no. other, but like non-Asian people can't say it. Kind of Right, skit. right, right. Yeah. So I was like, well, all right, is it kind of being like that way? But then maybe I was thinking people just want to say the N-word and they can't. So maybe this is a replacement phrase. So he's just like, he wants to say N- N-word, please, but he's saying ninja, please, because he's white and he doesn't want to be weird about it. But either way, it still comes off like kind of like, did you really have to say that? Yeah, it, it, it's to me. It's, it's like he's just trying to be funny with like uh, common phrases that are out there now. But maybe it was not the best best use of it. But I, I agree with you. I don't think it was like intentional to be like uh, offensive. It, well, it, yeah, actually, weirdly enough, it actually sounds like Bobby. Yeah. Um, like him being a stupid idiot and taking right. something like pop culture and just twisting it into being not funny. That literally seems like Bobby. Right. Or to trying me. too hard so. also seems like Bobby. Right. Yeah. But they even, they even talk about the, in this issue that his, his only response to like every situation is to make a bad joke. And so maybe some of this is intentional on the writer to say, look how awkward he is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I get why people would be upset, and they're totally entitled to being upset. But I just don't think it comes from a place of hate. So, or it's maybe it's just a misunderstanding of using the words. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean be, yeah. So, but other than that, it doesn't derail the book, and now no one's going to buy it. Um, so, because right. did you know? Um, you can get all of the first issues of Resurrection free if you go to Marvel and type in Iceman. Oh, really? Slash Iceman, I think it is. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, um, I, it's on Twitter. You'll have to go to uh, Marvel's Twitter and have a look. But you can... I think it's all to do with Iceman to promote, like, um, Pride Month is that if you type in his, like, 
name into the code, you get his issue and all of Resurrection number ones for free uh, as digital okay. downloads. Oh. Something like that. You'll have to have a. I have to have a. Again, I only saw it, but I bought them all. Well, not bought them all, but I, you know, so there's no point. So it was like a quick, quick sort of look. But it was nice that he's the big, he's the thing they're pushing to do that um, promotion. I thought it was quite a nice, like, oh, so they are actually pushing this book. Um, <laughs> they're actually advertising it. But um, is it controversial in another way, or is it that, uh, Jason, because you made it sound like there's more than one controversy? I, I, I thought. Have- point that's that i i was like upset about but but please go ahead jason well i just i had seen some other stuff about some of the conversation just in general between kenny and bobby that um that people felt like bobby wasn't i don't know if being assertive enough about his kind of identity was the right word but the I think one thing I read online is that people felt like maybe he was apologizing to Kenny in some respect for sexuality. I'm not sure how much. I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's kind of what I what I heard people talk about. I I can't decide whether I felt like he was being apologetic or just trying to talk to his friend about something he didn't feel comfortable talking about. Um, see, I've um, I'm interested to see what because um, Ian has. This shit, but I've seen a few people say something along those lines, and weirdly enough, um, I don't know how old Cine Grace is, but if he's of sort of my age or older, um, this is kind of weirdly authentic where you're sat there and you're just listening to someone basically right. tell you you're wrong for coming out right. or that you should have told them sooner. Yeah, that was my, you, my problem with it. She made it like her problem. She's like, You came out, yeah, you didn't tell me how, how bad do you think that, that is feel. That, and that is exclusively something that I have heard many times. And so for me, yeah, I understand that some people who are quite progressive in the community and don't have never really maybe faced that. And this is supposed to be like a positive image of of um, being gay in comics. But at the same time, I kind of applaud the fact that it's kind of authentic because I've had that. I've had girls say that to me. I've had other people say that to me. Like, it, it's my fault for coming out. And now they don't know how to handle me or talk to me. So when I read it, um, I was kind of like, "Home, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what happens. That literally is what happens. That is literally an honest, truthful." He could have been more assertive. I'm not disagreeing. Maybe it would have been better if he was more assertive and been like, "Step back, okay? <laughs> this is not your problem." But people are like that. People, and to be honest, at the moment, Kitty Pride's a bit of a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's not her best moment right now, which is too bad. She's one of my favorite X-Men. So I, the two, I, I, mean, I guess it's not really a big portrayal for her. It's just a guest appearance. But I, I yeah, her, she's not in top form right now. Right. She doesn't do. feel like Kitty to me in these issues. No, she doesn't. So I want to interject here just for a second. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm trying to share mics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where do I that's, face? That's the iPad. I'm Dan, I'm sorry you've had to go through all of that. I just, it breaks my heart. And every time I hear you guys podcast, I want to interject and say, I'm sorry that you have to don't, don't. go through that. And don't don't no, apologize. It's fine. People are mean and they're douchebags and they're a-holes. And anyway, we should love everybody. So I just, it breaks my heart. And I just want to say I'm sorry. 
Oh my god, you're making me upset. No, you don't. Have, you do not have to apologise for anything. I can. Uh, you are not a douchebag. People are douchebags. Everyone else is a douchebag. But, um, you know. But no, no. I actually kind of needed this to be told because this is what people will see, and obviously people have taken it as like he needs to be uh, stronger, more assertive, or just be like, come on. This is not about you, you know. I'm, I'm like, I don't know how old Iceman is. What forty these days? I don't know. Like, <laughs> he's, he's been around forever, but like, he's only just come out yeah. and stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I get that he, people want him to be a bit more positive, but to actually have an honest sort of like portrayal of what it is actually like, right? He actually highlight to a lot of people who are straight, who have gay friends, or. Or someone come out to them, they might turn around and go, Maybe I won't act like Kitty Pride. Right? That's a bit <laughs> shitty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think... And I, I kind of liked, like the fact that it's being honest as opposed to being like a flag wave. That's why I really like Midnighter because it never treated his homosexuality as like a, as, as a um, way of promoting we should all be kind to gay people. It was just he. he guys as well as beat the living crap out of people and what i like about iceman at the moment is that it's literally an honest depiction of what it's like to be a gay man in like late late 20s early 30s right. and and for having people when the come out story that is a coming out story most gay people will, will find have that happen to them where they have to literally stand there and be like are you fit <laughs> after they've gone off like a like Kitty, like I actually quite sympathise with Iceman. I could imagine in his head he's thinking, "We have to save a mutant. <laughs> have, you had, have, you had a, have you had enough yet?" Right. You want to talk about this later? Yeah. My, my question on on all this is, is it my my problem with her isn't that that she's like I could have helped you. It's like. You have any idea how hard that was for me that I, that you didn't tell me? And that that is what it's like. They they, they don't. And then they sort of backtrack. It's kind of a weird mechanical thing, literally right. like in this issue, where they they go through a process of um, realizing what you said, and it's like the stages of grief where you have died to them in a second, <laughs> and they have to rebuild <laughs> what they think about you and then at the end they backtrack to say oh you could come to me or I'll come and help you and then they get all like oh do you want to go to a gay bar and let's get a guy or <laughs> oh, go tell your parents it's exactly the same sort of thing literally the same thing so it kind of frustrates me when I've seen people online kind of berate it uh, as being like he should have been more assertive and I was like that's great that's awesome I'd love it if he's more assertive but maybe being more honest makes it a better portrayal of what it's like right. to be gay. Well, I think, and I think that's more important. But yeah, I think I this know. book has two really big opportunities, right? I mean, Iceman being Iceman, one of the original X Men. Like, there's already kind of the opportunity just of having. I mean, this is Iceman being gay is a whole hell of a lot different than when North Star came out. I think when yeah. North Star came out and when in comic history that it happened was. You know, it's good that it happened so early and, and whatnot. But um, Iceman just takes it up to a different... It's a different caliber character. And I think oh. having a high-profile original X-Men um, telling this story, you know, his story this way, it, it provides two really big opportunities, especially now in his own book. This is different even than just him being in the pages of, you know, Extraordinary X-Men or whatever he was in before. Like, this is his book. And very much putting him kind of front and center. And I think it get, 
you get two really big opportunities to tell two very necessary stories. I think, A, yeah, just show that he can be a strong, regular hero, you know, who just happens to be gay, right? Right, that more kind of positive, that everything's great, he's just, he's funny, he's awesome, he's charming, he's still Iceman, and and look what a good role model he's being. There's that aspect, there's the role model aspect, and the kind of spotlight that, you know, everyone can be a hero. I think the other side of that, though, the other opportunity, and I think to me the book will sell itself on whether it can, over the course, do both of these things, right? Um, Because he does need to be a great hero. But the other side of that, though, is to show, to role model not only being awesome, but to role model kind of some of these struggles and to identify some of these struggles and to say, you know what, you're not alone going through this and... You know, that authenticism that Dan was talking about, I think, is, is, is equally important as him being assertive or being an awesome superhero is having that authenticism and saying, that's what the X-Men is about, really. It's about taking people who feel left out or marginalized and, and sticking up for them. And I think sometimes you do that by showing a character in a situation that identifies with the reader. That's something that they have gone through or know someone that's gone through or, or like Dan said a minute ago, maybe you read that and say, don't act like that, <laughs> you know? And I think all of that makes a, a total package that you have to have all those components, not for this book to sell well or to be fun, but for it to be important, it needs all of that. And I think this book could potentially be very important. I know it's silly to say, oh, this comic just changes my life, but, you know, we're all comic nerds here, and I can say for a fact that my whole life, X-Men has helped not defined, but it's definitely shaped and contributed to my worldviews, right? And I think books like this, it's, I don't want to shy away from saying they could be really important because they could be. They also need to be fun and entertaining, but you don't need to lose the other aspect too. So I don't know. I feel like I rambled a little bit, but... <laughs> no, uh, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> I agree. I think... No, I generally think people will pick up Iceman... Um, who are who are younger and are gay and will see that and will see that it resonates, and and be like, yeah, cool. I've got I've got a hero to look up to, and that's important. And even if it runs for like ten issues or five or whatever, those five issues will mean something to a lot of people or a group of people that it needs to mean something, you know. And we're all here because we love the X Men, and we're all here because the X Men helped us. So. I think it's ridiculous to be like, oh no, no! All it needs to do is entertain you. <laughs> so I think, I think that's a, that's a blinding sort of idea. Um, See, so yeah, I completely agree. You know what? It, what it's the law conflicting is. I do feel like Kitty does want to be like his friend and be his support, and that does come across like in a genuine way in, in parts of this. But it also feels like she doesn't quite understand how to to cope with it. So, um, I mean, yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end, she's like, "You should call your parents," and she was <laughs> like, "Yeah, that might be good advice." But it's also like, "Are you really? Should she be the one telling Bobby how to explain to his parents <laughs> about his situation? You know." Right, right. And she knows his parents, right? Like, this is not going to yeah. go well. It's like, <laughs> maybe, she, maybe she's just like, 
palming him off so that she doesn't have to deal with it. <laughs> I'm like, go call your parents, man. That'll go down well. I, I <laughs> thought the kitty was going to palm me off. Uh-oh. Boom. Whoa! Dang. And you complained about spit-roasting jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. <laughs> but can we talk about, um, aside from like the importance of it, um, or, or how it is, or the controversy, can we just push that aside and talk about the actual book? And yeah. like, I really enjoyed, I she may not sound like pride, but I really enjoyed the back and forth sure. between them. But it was quite fun. And I think they've, Bobby's voice is really um, defined, even if you don't know who Bobby is. I think that he's got a really distinctive voice here in these two issues, and I think he's quite fun. The book's really playful, and I actually really like quite a lot of the art, especially when he saves the plane. I thought I quite enjoyed him saving the blackbird by himself. Um, and throughout, I quite enjoyed the way it looked. I thought the my art favorite was... panel is just, is just him with his little snow golem friends. Yes. Just stood there, arms crossed. I was like, right. yeah. Panel. That is my favorite. I, I like the art a lot. I would say more so Salazar than Roberson, but I thought Roberson was fine too. Um, but I, I particularly enjoyed Salazar's art, like the first issue. Uh, just very expressive. Lots of good action when there needs to be action, but then backs off and tones down in the right places. I just I think he, besides just being a cool artist, it's interesting to look at, just a really great storyteller. Yeah, I have to agree with Jason. I, I really like the art from the first book more than this book. Not that there weren't some great panels, and, and it's not poor at all. Like, it's it's well drawn. I think there's a sense of of style from the first book that I, I enjoy a little bit better. But um, for me, yeah, the thing wasn't about the art. The art wasn't the highlight where the first – I felt the first book, the art and story were both equally amazing. In, in this second issue, I felt like the storytelling and the characters were – like a, a slightly a level above what the artwork we're pulling in. Yeah, this is the kind of like story work and character work you'd want on like a Generation X. Right. Yeah. Um, where like sort of <laughs> it, no, no, because this type this type of um, character yeah, yeah. work would have would marry really well with that style of art. Yes. And I agree with you both. The art in the other the last issue is. Um, I prefer it, um, but I do really like how they both issues have really defined physically what he looks like. Right. Sure. Because Iceman's quite, let's be honest, he, he can be quite bland to see. Um, he's just a white dude, essentially, literally <laughs> bluey, bluey white dude. Um, usually bald, even if he has hair, he used to have like a bald thing because it was easier to draw. Um, and I do like the fact that they've they sort of made a lot of strides to define him physically. In both this issue and the last one, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Me Do you too. think just to carry around like a bald cap, you would put on and then like ice up, just to keep his hair uh, dry? Yeah. <laughs> like a shower cap, yeah. <laughs> <More likely. laughs> he'd be, he, he would be the type of guy to have a shower cap. And to be honest, this is the first time I've actually not minded that hideous costume he has. Um, because I really didn't. Think it's like, isn't this his, his extraordinary X-Men costume? It is. Minus it is. the costume. My, my question about the costume is, when he ices up, it stays on, right? Like he doesn't, well, no, yeah. he does both. That's interesting. Sometimes the ice is under the costume. Sometimes the ice yeah. is over the costume. Curious. I was going to complain about the shoes, because he has the little aqua shoes he wears. Yeah, I um, hated those. Yeah. 
Why would you choose? And they go away every time he ices up. But so, so does the Speedo. He does both. That's interesting. And it's when he hulks, that, like when he ice hulks, I guess, is when the Speedo disappears. When he gets all the spikes and stuff. And then when he's just regular Iceman, the Speedo is still visible. Interesting. It's an interesting <laughs> choice. I actually kind of like the visual more when he is in clothes and iced. I don't know why. I think I find that more. Um, like it could be. Any, it doesn't have to be the speedo. It could be any clothes. But I think he looks visually more interesting when he actually has real clothes on, and then ice skin. I suppose right. that's just Colossus, essentially, isn't it? Um, <laughs> a little bit like that, yeah. <laughs> right. I want to like mention um, the way when he does Hulk out this time. It reminds me a lot of Age of Apocalypse Iceman, who was like all like icy and crazy and could right. like liquefy himself and travel like through rivers for like hundreds of miles in like you know split seconds. Like super duper powered Iceman uh, is what this really reminds me of. Do you think we'll be seeing some of his, like, Omega-level icy mutant powers? I hope so. I would like to. Yeah. Because obviously it must take a lot of concentration for him to... Because I remember, and this was a while ago, where he used to make... Where he first started making ice golem things. Right. Um, He was like, I freeze and refreeze the air, like stop-motion animation. But do it so fast, and so I'm do I'm training to do it so fast that they look like they're moving normally. I'm like I'm thinking that's a lot of concentration right. that that guy right. has to go through to like have an army doing that. Well, and different so, writers, because uh, sometimes he, when he makes too many, he gets dumb. Right, and we've seen that before too. So it just depends on who's who's writing it. But then there's that time where he was destroyed, and then he came back alive because he's <laughs> in the moisture in the air, right. yeah, or something. I was just like, what? Uh, how powerful! So he's—is he just a consciousness? Something? <laughs> there's no real body. He's just—he's just a consciousness. But wasn't there when when Bendis was writing, there was an ice construct that like gained its own consciousness and he couldn't control it anymore. That yeah. battle of the atom, yeah. The ice—the ice, the ice uh, Gandalf from the future was like an ice golem that like came to life even though Bobby was dead or something like that. Yeah. Mental. Yeah. Well, let's, here's hoping we'll see all of that. Because <laughs> um, from what I see, he's not being... He's in Legacy. I saw the front cover of his in Legacy. He's going to be with the champions. Oh, cool. Reforming the good old champions team. That makes team. sense. I like that. So I, th- I thought that was quite a nice... Because um, say what you will about Marvel's promotional ideas, I quite liked some of the X-Men front covers from that. Um, the Weapon X one was quite cool as well, because it's the whole... Him in Wolverine in his Weapon X helmet killing people, and it transfers into Old Man Logan killing people. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I'm a sucker for a gif, clearly. Right. Um, All right, I think we kind of talked this book to death. What did you guys think of uh, what, what do you want to grade it? Uh, you go first, Georgie. Um, I think I'm going to give it uh, a five again. Okay. Um, not quite as strong as issue one because of the artwork, but once again, the storytelling was great. Uh, I just love following Bobby around now. Um, so five out of six. All right, same for me. Dan, you gonna you gonna stay in rank I'm, or you I'm, break off? I'm 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 gonna stand with you at five. Um, I got giddy and gave it a six last time, um, and I came to my senses when I read it again and realized <laughs> it's it's it, it was just no no no. It was really good. It just right. it meant a lot to me gave right. it a higher score and well, I wasn't 
being um, objective enough. But um, yeah, this is a five. I, f- I think it's the second strongest X book that they've got at the moment. So uh, weirdly enough, it's a land weapon X book that I think is the strongest, <laughs> which is blowing my mind every time I think that. Right, um, right. I'm hoping yeah. X-Men Blue just had the one slip up and we'll get back to where it was, but we'll see. Yeah. It has a Wolverine in it now. Yeah. Well, Can yeah. Get <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, um, my baby is waking up. So any closing thoughts on this episode? It was awesome. I agree. I had so much fun with you guys. I always have fun with uh, my only comment is you're welcome, Jason. Yeah, I am. I am very I'm welcome in that <laughs> I said thank you before you Ask me to, and then I'm also assuming I'm welcome to come see you. That <laughs> <laughs> was so much fun. I love being out here. Yeah, I did. I love having you guys. So I appreciate it very much. Um, just great conversation as always. Um, so real quick, Georgie, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on um, Twitter, um, but I. I don't know if I should even mention this. So uh, the company I work for now, uh, we have some games coming out. So you might actually see me doing some interviews oh, uh, nice. online promoting promoting the game. Holy shit. Awesome. Mm. Awesome. And so to find him, you was uh, do at LA Boy Toy um, mm-hmm. on Twitter. And yeah, looking forward. If I don't happen to just see that automatically, make sure to send that stuff my way. I want to check it out. Cool. So, um, Dan, where can people find you besides in uh what was it uh spider gwen number seven when did you say <laughs> like early spider gwen yes okay. she's listening to her music and searching <laughs> her phone um now you can find me uh, with the rest of my uh fellow co-host uh in a comics um podcast which you just type into google and it should just bring everything up if you want to talk to me personally shame on you but you can find <laughs> me at gizmo fifteen eleven eighty three. And yeah, should be fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, as always, for the podcast that goes snicked, uh, you can like the Facebook page. Um, there's a lot more stuff on Twitter that is at Snickcast. And then, of course, uh, the website with show notes and stuff is snickcast.podbean.com. And um, yeah, so until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. And snacked. <laughs>